All right, we're back here with another episode of the Sports Cute, episode number 16 to round out the year, actually starting into the new year. Happy New Year, Texas Mike. He went through a name change uh, this year, but uh, it's good to have you, brother. And uh, let's end this year with a bang. Uh, what do you like in here? And uh, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Uh, you know, off to a great start, 2022. You know, only upside for all of us. Uh, can't really complain. Uh, very blessed and very fortunate to be in the situation we're in where we can – talk about sports and enjoy the life and man we've just we've had a lot of good games uh we've made some good picks i mean what direction you want to go in you want you want to start talking about the bowl games first you you want to kind of recap so, so some general themes about the year that you thought that we handled well or closing thoughts i mean yeah, so we're going to talk about some bowl games here in segment number one. We're going to do a year in review in segment number two, and then we'll talk a little DFS and what you had going on as far as your championship run. But let's talk about John Madden and his impact to kick things off, and he passes away. And John Madden, his impact on the game, probably the video game puts him into a different stratosphere as far as uh, an iconic name. But Madden and NFL has been uh, synonymous here over time that – his impact is really lasting. Absolutely. Uh, you know, John Madden was kind of the, you know, the first, you know, maverick coach that really showed what can be done. I mean, I, I look at him historically just, you know, taking the, the chronological view of, of his impact on the game. No one is ever going to have a better winning percentage with the, with 100 starts at a minimum as a coach or what John Madden, that record will never fall. I think he was about 78%. Uh, That's very, very difficult to retain that level of consistency. And, you know, back during that time, he was, you know, he had the Raiders on the precipice of breaking through. And then he finally did. And, you know, just some of those close, close losses to the Dolphins and then, you know, finally breaking through and winning one. And then, you know, the, the rest was history after that. I mean, shoot, I mean, four four different networks, what he called, what, eight different Super Bowls or something like that. Uh, and, and then obviously the, the first real big name to put their hat in the ring in the gaming environment. You know, the, this was at a time when football games were, were kind of relegated to X's and O's on a PC. I remember playing games like that very long ago and then need to get John Madden you know, believe, believes the guys over at EA Sports when they're just like, hey, take a chance on this. And I mean, I, I think honestly, if I was going to talk about his impact or kind of encapsulate in a couple sentences, you know, he is a true outside the box thinker. What, you know, was an outside the box thinker that really pushed the game to the forefront into more households and did probably more to spread the popularity of the game than almost any modern person. I could say that maybe across multiple sports uh, he played for the Eagles in 1958. So you don't really know much of him as a player. Uh, he was the type that was a coach. I mean, he was meant to be a coach and he studied the game only coached one NFL team. And that was the Oakland Raiders. And everyone knows the history of, of Madden and the Raiders, but his impact too, when he left the game and to be able for somebody to be able to acknowledge talent and to see him in the booth and be able to see that he would be a great color analyst and what he did for the color analyst um, to assist a play-by-play in Pat Summerall, it really changed that dynamic from a television standpoint too. I think that he helped grow that brand that you could have, you know, you talk about Monday night football and Howard Cosell and usually having two or three people in the booth, but he, he made an impact to where you knew on Sundays the premier game was going to be these two guys and they were going to cover this game. And now you see a lot of those duos 
through the through the the rest of time, and you're going to continue to see it. Uh, now we get higher profile players in those rules in those roles, I should say. But uh, he revolutionized that position as well. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know, I mean, <clears throat> some of the younger generation. They, they, they remember him at the end of his career when he was just, you know, kind of like, a, you know, a cartoonish figure almost with his drawn on the whiteboard and <laughs> drawn on the screen and, and putting that all together. But that's, you know, when he was at the end. So he I mean, they'll, they'll never be another one like him as far as to be able to cross all those different realms. I, I believe that didn't work out for him as a player is he had a, a knee injury or something like that, that, that really cut it short and was, you know, offered to get into coaching almost immediately because he was recognized, you know, as a smart, you know, on the field player. So it's, uh, you know, all, all of us that, that enjoy the game, you know, it's, it was a, it was a heavy day. Yeah. I think you're going to see a lot of tributes obviously uh, coming up. I think that you're going to see a lasting impact of him over time. Uh, the Madden football game is a brand that is never going to disappear. Uh, that turned into a multi a billion dollar brand. And I'm sure that John caught uh, plenty of that money because he was buying up plenty of real estate in Northern California area and uh, was very well set from a video game of all things. But when you think of football, you don't think of, I'm going to go play NFL. I'm going to play Madden. I mean, that's just the way that his name is now iconic and will forever be there because I don't think that the Madden NFL game is going anywhere anytime soon. It's going to continue to be a very strong force with this younger generation. And he lives on, he's, he's going to live on forever. Definitely. Rest in peace, John Madden. Yeah. Betty White. Let's touch on that real quick. I know it's not sports, but how about that? I mean, the Golden Girls, icon, another icon of uh, entertainment. Yeah, absolutely. But was she made it to 99? 99. 99. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a great run. I mean, anytime you're you're on the brink of, of hitting 100 triple digits, you and obviously had, had a dream life. I mean, really to be a celebrity that long and just be well-loved and respected by everybody. It's, it's sad, but 99, that's, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. That's they were, they were planning her hundredth birthday and they were advertising and whatnot. And now uh, that's going to have to be a memorial, but uh, yeah, recipes, both of them, John Madden, Betty White, but here we go into a new year and we get into some of our bowl games. Let's talk about the two playoff games. Uh, one game was I mean, Alabama, what they did to Cincinnati, pretty much everyone expected that. You come to expect it from Nick Saban. Uh, they they waltz right into the national championship game again, and uh, Alabama is the number one seed. We'll talk about the matchup, but uh, what did you think of that first game? Uh, I, I think you said it best. It's about what you expected. You know, Cincinnati showed some fight early and were able to move the ball, but we're not able to capitalize with the touchdowns and Alabama just start, will start chipping away on you. I mean, they're, they're so well coached. They have so much talent. I mean, it's a juggernaut of, of the likes of college football ha, has not ever seen. And I, I was not surprised with that result. And then the same thing with Georgia, you know, my, my heart wanted Michigan to pull it off, but I mean, it, if you just looked at the recruiting rankings and you look at what kind of recruits, Kirby's pulling over there at Georgia and, and what guys are going to Michigan. It, it, it's not a fair match. Uh, well, it's I not. On I told you that game was going to be a blowout. You felt like it was going to be a close game. We touched on that in the uh, prior episode, but Georgia did what they did and their defense all of a sudden magically looked amazing again with different packages and being able to get to the quarterback and you just couldn't, couldn't block these guys. I think everyone expected this is going to be the matchup that you're going to see. I do. We need to see the line, but is Alabama favored 
going up against Georgia. Let me check on that real quick uh, as we get into this, or if you want to check it, check on that number because I would be all in on Georgia. I think that they have they have the revenge factor involved. Uh, I think that they want it more. I think that they're a little bit more talented on both sides of the ball. Maybe not the receivers. Maybe Alabama has a better receiving core, uh, but they're banged up. They're hurt. Yes, they got by a Cincinnati team, but this is not going to be Cincinnati. This is going to be Georgia. Uh, and I think Georgia is going to run the defense that we were very familiar with uh, watching during the season. I think you're going to see more of that performance than you're going to see from the SEC championship games. Really good points, Chris. It's at minus three for the Bulldogs, and and that's probably about right. I mean, when they lost, they were they were not they were running extremely vanilla package, you know, heavy zone. It was, you know, they weren't playing with a full deck, and and I thought that they were obviously holding something back for this potential eventuality. You know, I mean, they showed that they were superior to Michigan. Like I said, yeah, I wanted, I, I thought maybe it'd be close. I thought maybe Michigan Harbaugh would do something, but there's just a talent disparity between some of those teams and, and, and Georgia right now. I mean, they're, they're doing a great job of just building that defense up where unless you have elite talent, it's, it's going to be very difficult for you. I mean, yeah, and there was bulletin board material as you heard on the broadcast because they awarded the, the Michigan O-line as the best in the country. Georgia's O-line had something to say about it. Uh, Stetson Bennett was able to throw the ball and find open receivers at will. It's a dominating performance there from uh, the Georgia Bulldogs, and I think that they should be favored. I think that, uh, you know, the sharp betters are kind of realizing the same thing. I think that Vegas knows that people are going to jump in on Alabama because they're going to be the uh, sexy bet to take them getting some points. But I think Georgia is going to take it right to them in this game. I think that they – I don't think a blowout, but I think that, that – I, I don't see a fourth quarter – last seconds type game. I think it's going to be one way or the other. And I happen to think Georgia is going to be a much stronger team and a much stronger performance in this game than last. Yeah. I, I, I think Georgia has a massive weight on their shoulders and it's 1980. I mean, the last time that they won a national championship, Herschel Walker was dominating the sec and looking at that's, that's yesteryear. Uh, I, I think Georgia, they've been building this for a while. They've been close. They've had it snatched from them. This time they break through. They break through the ceiling. I, I agree with your picks. I, I would take Georgia. Uh, <laughs> I'd take them to cover. Uh, probably looking at the over-under, <sighs> the under probably wouldn't be bad. And, man, look at some individual props for for Bowser. That, that guy's a monster. I, I think he's going to be a, a, a matchup nightmare. Bowser Bowers, right? That Bowers kid, yeah, tight end. Yeah, he's a he's he's a, a phenomenal player with a bright future. You'll see, see him playing on Sundays, and you'll hear about him plenty. Um, last point to make about the bowl games and where you stand on this, and this has been kind of a, I guess a, a little bit of a controversial topic, but not really. Uh, players sitting out of bowls, not playing in the bowl games, and just deciding to to focus on the NFL. I'm kind of tired of the arguments. Look, if the players want to sit out that final game, then more power to them. I always think about um, oh, what was the name of the running back that was at South Carolina, Lattimore, you know, that was going into that bowl game and and had a really bright future ahead. And then he has a debilitating knee injury and never got back to the same. He got on an NFL squad, but he just was never the same running back. I think that you just, especially with the, the money deals that are now being made, 
for players and, and their name image and likeness. I think the argument goes out the window. I, I don't think these, these kids need to be obligated to play in a bowl game. I think coaches bounce left and right and they leave teams just high and dry. So I think that argument's done. You know, I get it that you want players to play in certain bowl games, but is, is, is a certain network wanting that more for the ratings factor or are they wanting it just for quality of play? Quote unquote. You know, you see what happened with Matt Corral last night. And Matt Corral's a guy that we've talked about on this podcast a few times. And, and, and we we both like what he brings to the table. I mean, I think he's a gamer. I don't think he's an elite physical talent, but he gets the most out of what he's got. I mean, he, he's a dude that people rally around. And there, there's a lot that I like about him as a player. And obviously, the name, image, and likeness going into the draft, all these things. I respect his decision to come out and make one more run with his guys. And obviously that's, it's always the worst when you, when you see those injuries in the bowl games, uh, because you want those star players to more, I think, take the Matt Corral approach and say, Hey, you know, we're playing a new year's day bowl. Uh, I've been in this program now for at least three years. And, you know, I want to go out there with my guys and and go out a winner. And there's something to be said for that mentality, but I would not judge negatively any player that takes the opposite approach either, because you got to take care of business too. And and it's become more of a business than ever. And and you got to protect your asset. I mean, we all saw that. I mean, what that Jalen Smith injury did back in the day. I mean, that was the poster child for don't play in these bowl games. If, if you got too much to lose because he never really recovered physically. Um, I mean, he's obviously had a good career. He's gotten paid. I mean, we're not boohoo Jalen Smith, but it's, that was, he was going top three in the draft that year. Guaranteed yeah, and, that injury doesn't happen. And I think quarterbacks don't, quarterbacks have a lot to gain by playing in that bowl game. I, I think it's a little different for the quarterbacks. If you're a linebacker, you're running back, you're a defensive end, you know, how, how much, how much more are you going to move up? a draft board based off your performance in a bowl game. I just, I don't, I don't see it. Now a quarterback that throws four or five touchdowns in a bowl game, their stock can continue to rise. I think quarterback stock rises. They think that this is a pretty weak quarterback quarterback class. Anyway, I think you can raise your stock as a quarterback in a bowl game. I don't think any other position, if you're a left tackle, where, how are you going to move the needle based on your performance in a bowl game, a dominating performance against who, you know, I just don't, I don't see it. So I get it. Why even take the reps? risk an injury, go to the NFL, make millions, get drafted, and, and have a nice day. I, I think that that's the move to make. Quarterbacks are a little bit different, but quarterbacks are always in a different category. Yeah, that, that, that's that's a that's a very fair comparison. I mean, it's – and also in theory, you know, their, their risk of some career-ending injury is even just less. I mean, it's – you don't see too many Alex Smith situations where some something really crazy. So yeah, the chance to be a leader and go out on top and, and you can put some good film out there. I mean, you've seen some bowl performances back in the day, Sam Darnold <laughs> at USC, you know, starts leading people down the field and that, that legend has kind of continued where he continues to get starting gigs despite not being, you know, the best results i said <laughs> i haven't watched a ton of bowl games this year but i am looking forward to next football season and as our show continues to grow and progress uh, we're going to get a chance to hopefully hook up next season watch a game together talk about that experience but a lot of good football ahead a lot of exciting storylines ahead i think there's some uh, promising players that are going to be coming into the fold and we'll start seeing bryce young get a year older we're going to start hearing about arch manning more and more so it's a uh, 
it's 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 a good time to be in college football outside of the Alabama brand and the fact that they win every single year. Yeah, it's and that's a credit to Nick Saban. I mean, he he has built a juggernaut. It's impressive what he's done. He he's the best ever. And my apologies uh, to Brock Bowers. Sorry. <laughs> Bowers. Yeah. Bauer, Bowers, Bowser. <laughs> Taking our first break here at on the sports queue. Let's hear from uh, Rudy's medals and get a quick message. And we'll be right back. Talk about our year in review. Rudy's medals in Sacramento, California is your one stop for all your metal needs. It's your metal recycling center, copper, glass, aluminum, steel, and much, much more. You can call them today at 916-912-0487. They're located at 750 Richards Boulevard in Sacramento, California. If you are on the West Coast, Rudy's Metals is your spot. You can get cash for your metals today. Check out rudysmetals.com. And back here with uh, segment number two on the sports queue. And Mike, let's start looking back at some of uh, our past episodes and what we've talked about. I think that the our, our biggest influence and our biggest kind of starting point as we got this whole thing started back in May was getting involved in EPL and starting to talk about soccer and really uh, me learning the game a little bit, learning about the standings. I didn't know how long the season goes. It really just does go on and on and on. So it's been a nice topic, but uh, everything seems to have kind of played out the way that you said it would. Uh, I am I am impressed by Texas Mike's soccer knowledge. I think that you know this game very well. This is your territory and uh, sad to say, but Arsenal is not as bad and uh, not in danger of relegation as I thought they might be uh, when we first started that whole conversation. Oh, that that was humorous. But, you know, that being said, they made a commitment to develop their younger players and the younger players are hungry and they're delivering and they, they've turned around. They're not by any question elite. You know, it's team that I've been trumpeting on this show from the beginning and I'm still not wavering from my pick Man City is going to win the league and they're going to be the champions again they're put it this way their B team would be better than Arsenal and probably like fourth on the table they would probably be swapping with Arsenal right now and when you have a squad depth like that they should take check the they should take the Champions League it's probably not going to happen but it's a. Uh, it's very interesting to see what is going on in the league, and just you know, the EPL is the best league in the world. I mean, I, I hope you've enjoyed it and, and seen the ride of one of the elite clubs, obviously Manchester United. So, what are your kind of thoughts as you as you get further into it? Is the league more exciting than you thought? Did you think like what the season's too long? This is kind of stupid. I mean. Give me some of your uh, give me some of your thoughts about it. I think that the NFL, I think the NFL is a game that you can sit and you can watch by yourself on a couch. I feel like EPL, it's a little bit tough for me to sit down and get engaged and watch it just as, you know, a fan and a, a novice fan at that, that I just flip on the TV and I'm going to watch a whole match. I think that if you're in the environment, I think if you're at a bar or if you're at a pub or if you're with some friends and you're watching a match and you're kind of getting into it, I think that's a more enjoyable experience. I think that there are some sports that you can sit and you can just sit there and watch, but I think that that's just from being familiar with that product uh, i've i've enjoyed the ride so far i think that i'll continue to learn more as i get a chance to really dial in and get the right time schedules because it is it's tougher to watch i mean sometimes you got to get up early in the morning you got to mark down when you're going to watch these specific matches they play during the week as well so that can throw you off uh, but i think highlighting some major matches and maybe trying to build a day around it i think that's something that i want to continue to do 
uh, into 2022. I think that that would be a fun experience and just give me a bit more of a well-rounded knowledge of what I'm looking at. And we're talking, we're going to talk about some of the DFS a little bit later in our third segment, but uh, we started the year off with talking about actually Deshaun Watson and Aaron Rodgers and where their path was going to go in the NFL. And Aaron Rodgers, we weren't even sure at the time, this is back in May again, that we that he was even going to be playing for the Green Bay Packers. And we didn't know if he was done, if he was going to retire, if he was going to sit out, this, that, and the other. And now look at what he's done. He's got a number one seed, probably on pace to win an NFL MVP. Seems like everything is great. He loves playing in Green Bay all of a sudden. Devontae Adams is looking at a fat contract too. So looking back at that time, I don't think we were totally wrong, but I don't know if we knew that we were going to see the progression and see everything play out the way that, I mean, everything has really worked out for Aaron Rodgers in this situation. It really has. Absolutely. And kind of what I thought would happen, that they would kiss and make up. The best situation that he had out on the market was the situation he was currently in. And, you know, you know, maybe privately there, there, there was some, you know, grievances there with some of the parties, you know, back and forth a little bit, but I, you know, I, I think he just manned up and, you know, took the team exactly. I mean, Devonte Adams is, I mean, if Cooper cup wasn't lighting it up the way he was, you'd be hearing more about the season Devonte Adams had, but like you said, he's, he's earned a fat contract. Their offense is really good. Once, any receiver, basically, I mean, even even a mediocre talent level gets in sync with Aaron Rodgers and, you know, how how accurate he can be with his ball placement within the route tree. It's it's beautiful to watch. I mean, he's one of the best of all time. You know, I do not like the Packers, but I would like to see him win another championship to kind of validate him with that elite because that's always going to be the knock against him going forward. And we've talked about that. That's why I also thought there's no way he's going to hang it up. The guy's too much of a competitor to just say, oh, oh, well, it didn't work out in Green Bay. I'm done. Like, I, I think he, Tom Brady, what we're seeing with him, the, as he ages, it's showing the Aaron Rodgers of the world, hey, if you take care of yourself and you're dedicated, this is what can what can happen for you. And there's nothing else you're going to do in your life that you're going to get the adrenaline rush. That's for sure. I mean, that's why, I mean, come on, you know, that, that's what I thought with Aaron the other guy we ended up talking about in that segment was Deshaun Watson. And that has kind of played out the way that you felt it would, that he wouldn't play this season in the NFL. And it's really become, it's a, it's a story that you're not hearing about so much. Maybe his lawyers are doing a really nice job of just kind of covering that whole thing up and just kind of letting it run its course. And then eventually this thing gets thrown out and he's eligible. And it sounds like he'll be playing for a different team next year, but are we surprised by anything that's happened with Deshaun Watson this year? No, I, you know, Chris, that that's one that we nailed. I mean, you know, back around the trade deadline when the Dolphins and the Texans were pretty thick into their negotiations and essentially had agreed to the compensation package of draft picks and players, everything was ready to go. They obviously needed Stephen Ross, the owner of the team's approval to move forward. Well, he rightfully demanded okay well we need all these legal issues off the table in order to move forward and what i found a little bit perplexing with that if you're deshaun's camp would you thought that somebody was going to pull some mega deal for you and give up all these things if it's not even guaranteed you're going to play like these are very serious civil charges that are are pending against you and if you were able to settle these quickly which Remember, that was the strategy I was talking about earlier. You settle it quickly and move on so you get back on the field. If 
if he is not able to, to wrap up these settlements in a timely manner, he could miss another season. And if you miss two seasons as a quarterback at the speed of the game, how are you going to come back? It's not like, you know, Deshaun relied. I mean, obviously he was fantastic, but he really, that last season with Bill O'Brien and disaster as that 2020 season was for the Texans, he really started to get the rhythm with the offense and, and start to utilize all aspects of the game. And if you're away for two years, how are you going to get that back? It took time for even a talent of Deshaun's ilk to, to get there. Yeah, we'll see what ends up happening. If he's going to be in uh, Miami Dolphins colors, if he's going to be playing for the Eagles, he'll definitely be for another team. I think. I don't. I think his days with the Texans are done. We'll just see if he gets to play next season in the NFL. It will be a hot topic and a story that does rear its head here pretty soon. I think as we wind down this playoff season and the Super Bowl, let's talk about. Uh, episode number four, best strikers since 2000, USA, Mexico soccer. You were talking about the rise of the USA and where they're going from a soccer standpoint and how they continue to uh, really play well at CONCACAF and how, how they've really developed that product and the best strikers since 2000 and who you've liked. And uh, uh, your guy, the guy that doesn't get any love, doesn't get any attention, but he's your guy. You just think that this guy is the best since 2000 or one of the best since 2000 that we've ever seen. Yeah, Robert Lewandowski continues this absolutely prolific scoring record. Um, once again, Bundesliga scoring record. Should have won Ballon d'Or, given to Messi. Uh, I think that was a wrongful choice. I, I still stand by that. But Lewandowski is continuing to produce like the best striker, you know, this century. And, and as he continues on. He, he will. Uh, it'll be interesting to see when they go through the World Cup qualifying process, if he's able to elevate the national team to, you know, closer to his level. That's always been the question for Polska. But at the end of the day, I mean, I've loved watching him. I mean, some of his goals are awesome. You know, it's uh, I, I'll root for them in the Champions League, you know, just more as a personal thing for him. Not that he's I'm a Bayern Munich fan at all, but, you know, I, wa I want to see him do well as far as talking about Team USA. You know, we, we talked about specifically USA will have arrived as a more serious international threat, for lack of a better word, once they are beating Mexico in competitive matches at a 50% clip. Well, they've achieved that right now. And looking at what, what lies ahead for Team USA, they're looking on track to qualify for the World Cup and one of the top two seeds out of CONCACAF, which – that's successful to me. It's a grueling process. We, we've talked about that some on this show about, you know, you go down there to Honduras and Pedro Sula and they're blaring on the horns all night. They're calling the hotel. It's, it's, you know, these are difficult venues to get results on the road. So, you know, really, really enjoyed that. I, I think the USA is, is starting to stockpile some young talent that you're starting to see develop in these European leagues and, and move up in prestige. Just the fact that these guys are even getting the opportunity. If this was 10 years ago, no one was taking the chance on them. Remember, you know, Clint Dempsey was, was the trailblazer as far as, Hey, wow, this guy just put 20 goals in the EPL and he's, he's an American, not a goalkeeper. <laughs> so it's, uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed what I'm seeing. You know, like I said, I, I've been a little bit critical of Greg Berhalter, the U S men's and national teams coach, but, you know, he, he's doing okay right now. I don't think he's the long-term solution, but he's getting the job done right now, and, and he deserves some credit for that. So, yeah, I've, I've enjoyed this year as far as see that development. 
this past summer we took a little bit of a hiatus and we also lost an episode of the show that uh, is gone forever and we'll just never have that lost episode back we reminisced on bobby bowden in episode number seven we talked about aaron Rodgers even more he got a lot of attention on this podcast because he's been a very polarizing figure this season we talked about the nfl hall of fame class of 2021 too it's scary to see how many guys are going in now into the hall of fame that we grew up with it just shows that we're starting to get a little bit up there in the years as well as more gray start ending up on the top of your head but uh tokyo olympics we had that as well and we focused on that a little bit talked about some of the obscure olympic sports that we felt like we could excel in if we were in the olympics but uh what did we think of the olympics and 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 we now you know nbc whether they they like it or not now they get right into the winter games uh because of just everything that went on with the tokyo olympics and the delay and having them this year the 2020 olympics in 2021 now we get into the winter games uh there's even talk about some issues with the winter games but what did you think uh, there from episode number seven the nfl hall of fame and the tokyo olympics yeah i mean the olympics are always great to watch i mean biased because of my background but you know track and field is what the olympics is about you know that it's what really got it to this whole level i mean just some of the legendary performances that go down in the Olympic games and the sprints and some of the distance races, obviously love that element. You know, as we transition to the winter Olympics, I've always been a big fan of the hockey, especially since when the NHL players started to play. Uh, but even before that, I mean, some of the, the old cold war setting, I mean, it's, it's been memorialized in movies over and over, but that, that to me is a little disappointing that COVID has now claimed another sports victim as in the NHL players will not be participating in the 2022 games. And, you know, that'll devalue it a little for me, but uh, I'm more of a summer Olympics guy. I mean, it's the winter Olympics. It's, it's great to watch any top international competition, but it's some of those sports. It's just not, not, not as familiar with them. Never participated in them. I guess I don't have the bond, you know, every kid at some point, you know, has, has run a hundred meter race or race somebody in the street. You know, it's, it's, it's to me, it's, it's a little more of a seamless fit, but obscure sports. Yeah. It's, it's fun to watch too. And then we talk about the NFL hall of fame and uh, who do we see right now? Future hall of famers, slam dunk, you know, guys that were watching Brady Rogers, is Mahomes already there? Is he a slam dunk Hall of Famer? How about Kelsey? A couple Chiefs. I'll give them a couple shouts on this show. Kelsey, Kelsey for sure, man. Uh, if he hung it up after this season, he's getting in the Hall of Fame. I think Mahomes, he still needs more of a body of work. I mean, obviously his trajectory is, it's there. But he, I think more of an emphasis, okay, in, in the earlier editions of players being inducted in the hall of fame, the careers were just shorter. You know, it was harder for these guys to last. I mean, the medical care, I mean, we just, we've just come light years ahead and, you know, you would have a guy that would maybe be completely dominant for four or five years. And that would be it. And you say, well, look in that era of the game, this guy was a monster for these five years. He was the best at this position and deserves to get in. I think with the way the quarterback stats and the numbers these guys are putting up and just, the, the, the concepts in the passing game are just light years with what, what, what they've used to be in it. And they've taken, taken these systems and just beefed them up and that you, as a quarterback to get in specifically for that argument for Mahomes, he's going to have to produce, you know, well into his thirties. I mean, these guys just keep playing. It's, you know, how it is when you look at some, an Andre Johnson Texan near and dear to my heart that that's up for the 2022 class, 
you look at his numbers and some of these things are a little bit diluted because of the passing game. I mean, he was great, all these things, but it's going to take a while for him to get in. I think you're going to start to see that with some of these quarterbacks in the future, specifically Mahomes, but Kelsey, man, he's a hall of famer right now. Let's end our year in review talking a bit of LSU. This has been a topic that we've talked about because you're very close to it. I wore my sweater. I found it with the moving stuff around. Obviously there you go. You find a a few sweaters that you kind of had wrapped up in a box, but LSU Edo uh saying goodbye to edo and that whole that era is now over i mean you start brand new the brian kelly era we'll talk about brian kelly and lsu plenty here in 2022 but what did edo what did what did he do for you what was the ride like i mean uh, we we look back at his career as the head coach for the lsu tigers and and everything that has gone on and everything that you have seen as a fan and, and an uh, alumnus as well uh, how has that experience been and been able to talk about it? Did this did this give you a chance to kind of uh, let the people know and let you kind of air out your grievances on this show? You know, 30,000 foot view of the Edo era. You know, I, I would, anytime you win a national championship, it's successful at, at LSU. You know, he's and anytime you can put that championship flag up there, you know, when he started out. Oh, that bowl game against Notre Dame, I think that was 2016, and was taking this very conservative approach and kicking field goals. And and, and Ian Book (laughs) ends up ultimately, I I think he was a freshman at that point, leading a comeback, and LSU lost. I became, at that point, very worried about how is he going to be able to to make this work? This was an alarming loss. You had more talent than Notre Dame. You know, ironically now Brian Kelly is coaching the program, but you know it, the, the regime started off not the greatest for me. But there was a build. I mean, anytime you build what he did by putting that compilation of talent, you know, getting Joe Burrow to transfer down there, Ed O to me. He, he was such a great recruiter. He, he built the fence around Louisiana with the, most of those top guys. He got who he wanted. I mean, he, what he put together in 2019 from a staff perspective, team perspective, he gets a lot of credit for that. That's the best team of all time. Do I think the timing is good for him to leave? Yes. We're heading into this name it image likeness era. The ball game has changed. I, I don't think the the folksy recruiter is as important as it was prior to that and he he was excellent at that you know for me i I wish him the best obviously the last two years were were terrible for lsu standards and completely unacceptable but at the end of the day you know when you win the way you won in 2019 i'm always gonna have a favorable thing from you you raised the level of the program unquestionably during your tenure. So you deserve to go out with grace. I'm sure Edo is having a good old time and a good old new year down there in Destin, Florida. So we'll come back with another segment. We're going to talk some DFS. We're going to talk some soccer here to round out this episode on the year in review here on the sports queue. Rudy's Metals in Sacramento, California is your one stop for all your metal needs. It's your metal recycling center, copper, brass, aluminum, steel, and much, much more. You can call them today at 916-912-0487. They're located at 750 Richards Boulevard in Sacramento, California. If you are on the West Coast, Rudy's Metals is your spot. You can get cash for your metals today. Check out rudysmetals.com. 
Hey, we're back here with our third and final segment on the Sports Cube. Big shout out. Thank you again to our subscribers, our listeners. Tell your friends. Uh, let people know that uh, now going into this 2022 season and this year, we're going to have uh, the production value step up. We're going to add a few more elements to the show as we continue to grow this product because uh, Texas Mike and I have really found some time to get down and sit and talk about these things. And it can just only go up from here as we continue to learn this uh, podcast game and put our shows together. And I think by I think I'm going to make a prediction. I think by episode 50, you're going to see some real special things here from the sports queue. And that should take us right into close to maybe 2023. So we'll, we'll see what happens here with the show. But again, hit that subscribe button on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, follow along as we continue to uh, ascend the ranks here in the podcast world. But thanks again for listening in 2021. Happy to have you as a listener in 2022. Let's talk about some DFS, some fantasy, something we're going to continue to talk about even more here. Uh, but Mike, you've had a nice journey with your daily fantasy and talking about a sport that you know very well. And I think that we're going to have to spotlight this and highlight this more because this is a, it's not a DFS that a lot of people just know. You just don't know it offhand how to um, follow along and play uh, this sport from a fantasy standpoint, because I think that it's got some challenges. It's got some difficulties to it, but talk about your experience, where you've gone, your championship run and uh, the things that are going on in your DFS world. Yeah. I've greatly enjoyed this season uh, for sure. Uh, playing, playing on the DraftKings, especially my mates over there at uh, DKPremier.club. Uh, a very, very interesting head to head concept in DFS where it, it takes the elements of building the successful lineup to obviously, you know, get payout and, and win against the people you're playing against, but putting a head to head twist and, and taking in the, the whole concept of, you know, non fungible tokens and logos and a virtual league and encapsulating that in a daily fantasy realm. And I have to say, I, I have to take some credit here. I, the first ever inaugural league, there was 20 members most of them based in the UK and Texas Mike here, yours truly was the league champion first year. It was, it, it was, it brought a lot of, you know, fun to the league. Like I said, uh, having that head to head element. Uh, and as far as, you know, strategy goes, the, the one thing I'll say, like the, the players in this league are, are top notch. These guys are, are very knowledgeable about the game, about the EPL, who the players are, who the free kick takers are. There's obviously a lot of data out there as well. You know, the, the roto wires of the world where you can, you can find these things. And, and, and it's, uh, you know, to, over the course of 21 weeks, which is the, basically the fall segment here of the EPL, you know, able to, to, to kind of see some results bear out. I, I think from a, tactical perspective one aspect that maybe i use better than other guys in the league was i believe a lot of times you have to get the scenario in your head the way the game is going to go in order to build an effective lineup you almost have to handicap it and then look at the lineup or who's available and put it together i think one thing i did better than my league mates over there was getting that feel when it was going to be a lower scoring and playing my goalie. I think the goalie, especially in the showdown format on DraftKings, is an underutilized asset. Uh, one thing that DKPremier.club has changed a little bit, has started to integrate the, the classic game into it 
which will, will spread out the scores a little bit, but we played mainly like showdown. And I, like I said, I didn't think the goalie was utilized as effectively as it could have been by a lot of my league mates, but I greatly enjoyed it. We got a discord chat room. We chat about the games. It's uh, you know, we're hoping Chris that you're going to play the, uh, the first tournament on there coming into 2022. There's a spot open for you. There's an invite. Like I said, I know my friend Joe Frischman sent you the uh, – so we want to get you in and try the tournament out and, and see how you feel. It's not exactly a huge barrier to entry at $10. Yeah, I'll have to take a look and uh, get involved there and, and, and see what uh, what I can do as far as trying to crash the party. But uh, one thing I want to ask you about DFS, and this is the tough part when, when it comes to soccer, is uh, how do the lineups work? I know how it works in football, and you know, usually you got to keep an eye on things and kind of take a look an hour before – things kick off um but the lineups that you take a look at in soccer because substitutions are how many subs do you get in a game in a match what's the total subs yeah you get three subs three subs in a match so when you're taking a look at that lineup and a starting lineup how far in advance do we know who's going to be on the pitch i mean how far do we know that these are the guys that you want to take a look at matchups that are involved that's the only thing that I've con- somewhat struggled with because you feel like it's going to be this kind of lineup and then all of a sudden you get a change and now somebody else is going to be a striker and somebody else is in a different position and now you're hoping that hopefully this guy subs in at some point during the game or in the match and then he's going to be in there to have some impact of some sort. So what? how do we set those lineups and how do we take a look at leading into a match who's going to be starting and who's not? Well, like, there's websites that will show projected lineup. Uh, you know, that, that, that's one good place to start. You know, typically when, I, when I'm building out my lineups, I, I'll look at it very briefly. The, the, I'll look at the early lines and kind of see where everything's starting at. And then I'll kind of think about in my head how I believe the match will turn out. And the EPL is very good about basically publishing the lineup an hour before the game. So once that first lineup comes in, the, that's when you really got to think about it because obviously the more minutes your player plays, the more likely positive outcomes are going to come from that result of him being on the pitch. So, you know, it, it's very difficult to sometimes say, oh, this guy is going to be subbed in at this point. It's going to get a goal. If you can play that strategy, then, then that's outstanding. But I, I try to target guys, and, and I think this is mostly universal, guys that are going to, play the full 90 minutes you know it it depends on the format obviously in the showdown which is you know a head-to-head just one one match which is a little easier it becomes a a lot more you know it's paramount that you're that the players that you're playing up for on your captain or your high salary they have to produce results or you're going to lose when you're looking at your lineup and i don't want you to give away all your secrets but are you looking at guys that are going to score goals is that where you start and then you kind of build down from there Sometimes, yes. I, I go back and forth where if I believe that it's better to take a strategy of I'm going to try to get as many floor points and I think this guy is going to score and build it that way. But there's also a way of building it where I've done in the past where I think this team's going to score a crap ton of goals. I don't know where it's coming from, but it's coming from this group. Carpet bomb it. Take all those guys and go with it. And sometimes it works out. I mean, that's how, that's how you win tournaments. I mean, you got to hit goal scores. I mean, it's the name of the game. Yeah, and, you took a look, and, and taking a look at goalies and uh, too. I mean, do you want a goalie that's going to see a ton of action, is going to see a ton of balls flying his way, or do you want guys that are just kind of hanging out, standing there, and they're probably not going to be challenged much, but they're going to end up with a clean sheet and a zero on the uh, scorecard? 
I, I would say both. You know, sometimes if that goalie is cheap and you know he's going to get a ton of action, he's going to – two points for each save – that starts to add up after a while, but sometimes the teams, what I'll look at is a team shutout odds get super crazy. And then you look at the other options, especially like in a classic slate where the other options are, are not very palatable. It's like, I don't really like this guy, this matchup, the matchups are all wrong. Well, this goalie has a 63% chance of a clean sheet. You know what? Pay up and roll. So it, it can be used both ways. And then there, there's a little bit of luck and slash artistry to to, to that utilization but like i said that's something i thought i did fairly well to give myself some credit for for the championship there that i was quicker to to find that line in, in the showdown format plenty more dfs talk plenty more soccer talk throughout the year mike before we get out of here on this episode texas mike joined by cg that's me uh what are you looking forward to in 2022 some storylines that you want to make sure that we keep an eye on things that we're going to cover throughout our episodes this season and uh, just a final thought here as we get out of here into our new year and embark on a 2022 that hopefully we uh, find some normalcy as well. Yeah, you know, I, I'm really looking forward to in the short term to see if if Aaron Rodgers can somehow overcome Tom Brady and, and get that second Super Bowl. Uh, that's something here in the short term for the whole year. Uh, Otherwise, yeah, I want to see some more of our predictions come through. Uh, I'm pretty sure Man City's going to get that title. I would love to see Arsenal top four. There's, you know, there's a lot of things I'm looking forward to. Looking forward to growing this podcast. 2022 is going to be the best year yet. Like I said, bullish on a lot of things. Looking forward to us at least getting to an LSU match, doing some live locations uh, out, out, out and about, uh, and eventually when things get. A little easier to do internationally we're going to take this thing abroad and we're going to go to an epl match that's a bucket list thing for me man and i'm gonna do it like i said next year probably won't be good if we're still going to be dealing with the after effects of you know the, the covid situation but well once it's easy to get into the uk again and and go to a match we're going to take a long weekend and get over there for one of the big ones so that's what i'm looking forward to my friend cheers to you my man it's been a fun ride here in 2021 now nothing but good things in 2022 the sports queue is going to continue to grow thank you again to our listeners out there, people that uh, hit that subscribe button, people that are sharing with your friends, and it just helps us continue to grow the show. And uh, who knows what's going to happen here this next year, but really looking forward to sharing more stories and talking more with Texas Mike, getting in some DFS and just having a great year overall. So for Texas Mike, I am CG. Thanks again for joining us here on this episode. Hope you had a wonderful, happy, and safe new year and looking forward to you joining us here on the Sports Queue in 2022.